98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. Joe Biden inches ever closer to the U.S. presidency as Donald Trump repeats his voter fraud claims. Locally, Typo sees more coronavirus cases with no clear source. And the families of 12 detained Hong Kongers say Shenzhen authorities won't tell them who their lawyers are. More results are expected soon from the crucial U.S. states that will determine the outcome of the presidential election. As the wait for a result drags into a fourth day, Joe Biden has a growing lead in Pennsylvania, the largest undecided state. If he wins there, it would make him president. Earlier, Mr. Biden appeared at his campaign headquarters to say he'd been given a mandate for action by the American people. The BBC's Will Grant reports from Washington. It has been part of Joe Biden's strategy throughout this vote count to exude calm and presidential patience. But he will be as anxious as any of his supporters for a definitive announcement. For now, he continues to inch towards the goal of 270 electoral college votes and in his most recent address made it even clearer he thought he'd won while still holding back from declaring victory. We don't have a final declaration of victory yet. But the numbers tell us it's clear, tell us a clear and convincing story. We're going to win this race. 24 hours, we were behind in Georgia, now we're ahead, and we're going to win that state. 24 hours ago, we were behind in Pennsylvania, and we are going to win Pennsylvania. President Trump, meanwhile, has limited his comments to Twitter over the past 24 hours, consistently repeating his baseless claim of voter fraud. Courts in several battleground states have already dismissed cases brought by the Trump campaign. His lawyers will give a news conference shortly. Some Republican-leaning media outlets appear to be changing their posture to prepare for a Biden victory. Locally, health officials say they're concerned about the silent spread of COVID-19 in Taipo after another resident was diagnosed with the virus without a clear source. Maggie Hill has more. The latest patient in Taipo is a 26-year-old man who works as a waiter in a bar there. Like a number of other coronavirus patients, he lives at the public Kuang Fuk estate. A 50-year-old man who lives at Ponga Court, also in Taipo, tested positive for the virus in preliminary checks. Dr. Chang Sok Kwan of the Center for Health Protection said officials had yet to find any link between the cases. She said people in Taipo could get tested if they are concerned. Two women, one from Discovery Bay, the other from Yunlong, have also tested preliminary positive. There were also two imported cases today, both from the UK. The families of 12 Hong Kongers detained in Shenzhen say the authorities there have declined to identify the lawyers who are representing the detainees. Wang Yingting has more. Sources say that the Shenzhen Public Security Bureau's Yantian branch told the families in the letter that the information they had requested is related to criminal cases and therefore cannot be released. The 12 face charges of illegally entering mainland waters after they were picked up by the Coast Guard, allegedly while leaving the SAR by speedboat. Mainland authorities earlier said that the detainees had chosen their own lawyers and so separate legal representatives engaged by their families could not get involved. The 12 who were charged with or suspected of protest-related offences in the SAR were reportedly trying to reach Taiwan when they were picked up in August. 
The RTHK Program Staff Union says the government has demonstrated perfectly an example of what it called an unscrupulous employer after officials refused to provide legal support to a freelance producer who faces charges over her work for the broadcaster. Timmy Sung reports. Bao Choi was charged earlier this week with violating road traffic ordinance after she searched a publicly accessible transport department database for information on car owners for a program about a Yunnan mob attack last year. She looked up the number of plates of vehicles transporting the suspected attackers, tracing some to local village leaders. But the Civil Service Bureau says Ms. Choi is a service provider, not a civil servant, so it doesn't have the authority to provide any support or benefits. The union said it's extremely disappointed by this, even though it expected it. The union says management should provide support to staff who are in trouble because of their work, regardless of their contract status. The police have been accused of selective enforcement, as pro-Beijing media have also conducted online car play searches in the past. But the police say they respect press freedom and are only acting on complaints. RTHK, the time is now five minutes past 11. Educators have warned that growing political tension in society is leading many parents to pull their children out of local schools. Wendy Wong has more. The honorary chairman of the Ada Primary School Heads Association, Cheng Yongpong, told an RTHK program that some parents are worried about the polarization in Hong Kong society and choose to let their children further their studies overseas or on the mainland. He said the withdrawal rate at the school has risen to 3% this year from the usual 2%. Speaking on the same program, the head of the Wan Chai District Headmasters Conference, Tai Ching, said more than 10 students had withdrawn from his school since August, with most saying they would study overseas or at international schools. He urged the Education Bureau to closely monitor the trend. The lawmaker representing the education sector, Ip Kin Yun, said the problem has its roots in political and societal factors. Beijing has reacted angrily to a U.S. decision to remove a separatist organization in Xinjiang province from a list of terrorist groups. Washington said there had been no credible evidence for a decade that the East Turkestan Islamic movement still existed. The BBC's Wo Leonardo reports. Beijing has blamed the East Turkestan Islamic movement for a number of separatist attacks in the largely Muslim western region of Xinjiang and elsewhere in China. The attacks prompted the authorities to set up a program of mass incarceration of more than a million Uyghur Muslims in internment camps, which Beijing says are education centres. A foreign ministry spokesman says Washington taking the group off the list amounted to the whitewashing of a terrorist organisation. An Uyghur campaign group welcomed the decision, accusing China of using an imagined threat to justify its actions in Xinjiang. The movement was first added to the list in 2004, with the US in the midst of its war on terror. Turning overseas, final preparations are underway for tomorrow's general election in Myanmar, where Aung San Suu Kyi is hoping to win a second term in office. The BBC's Michael Bristol has this report. Aung San Suu Kyi's international reputation has diminished dramatically over the last few years, mainly due to the treatment of Myanmar's Muslim Rohingyas, but her party, the National League for Democracy, is expected to hold on to power. It is, though, facing a series of challenges. In its first term, economic growth has fallen short of expectations. Hundreds of thousands of Rohingyas have still not returned after fleeing to neighbouring Bangladesh, and fighting continues between the Burmese military and a number of armed ethnic groups, which has led to the cancellation of voting in some areas. 
The United Arab Emirates says its courts will start taking a tougher line on so-called honor killings, which involve the murder of women who breach conservative codes of sexual conduct. The BBC's Alan Johnston reports. News of this reform came in a UAE government statement. It announced the striking out of legal clauses that had allowed judges to pass lenient sentences in cases involving honor killings. From now on, such crimes will be treated like any other murder in the Emirates. Human rights groups say that every year thousands of women across the Middle East and South Asia are killed because they're seen as having brought shame on their family through some contact with men outside it. This might have involved sex outside marriage, an elopement, or even just rumours of some act that breached deeply traditional values. To sports now, and in tonight's early Premier League game, Manchester United shrugged off their recent poor form to come from behind and beat Everton 3-1. Bruno Fernandes scored twice and Edison Cavani added a late third after Bernard put Everton ahead. Crystal Palace and Leeds have just kicked off and there are two games to come overnight. Chelsea and Sheffield United first, followed by Fulham's visit to West Ham. There is also a clash between the top two in the Bundesliga tonight. The leaders and treble winners Bayern Munich are away at Borussia Dortmund. And the Bayern star Serge Gnabry says these matches are what it's all about. We're still the favourites to go in the game. We know it's going to be hard. Um, we know they play good football. Um, and in the end, we, we want to win to make sure that um, we're still on top. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Joe Biden inches ever closer to the U.S. presidency as Donald Trump repeats his voter fraud claims. Locally, Taipo sees more coronavirus cases with no clear source. And the families of the 12 detained Hong Kongers say Shenzhen authorities won't tell them who their lawyers are. And that's the news from RTHK.
Lighthouse family with their question of faith. 